Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. This is the Recommendation Game, film of the week podcast, where we take turns to pick a movie that the other person hasn't seen. Then we meet to discuss it. We watch the film also. <laughs> yes, we also watch the movie <laughs> separately. I might add. Um, every every week. Um, okay. On a note, audience members, uh, I am probably coming down with food poisoning because I ate uh, all you can eat Chinese, which is not is, a good decision ever. Is this necessary Relevant for them to know? Rough. Oh, uh, oh, oh, Ricardo, who's that, who's oh, that yeah. voice? Oh, yeah, sorry. First of all, uh, I'm Ricardo Deacon. <laughs> I'm Orla McGillis. And we are joined today, impromptu surprise guest. Woohoo! Woohoo! Don't say it, we don't give anything to you. Is the silent partner of the podcast. It's Eileen Gill again. Hello, no longer silent. <laughs> I have a voice. <laughs> For the third time. That's, so, a, that's oh, yeah. you set the record now. Oh, yeah. Fuck you, Felipe. Do I get a prize? Yes. You get a little sheet with information. You well. get a parachute gift card. <laughs> That's the bed sheets, isn't it? Yes. And the towels and the robes. Apparently. It's not just like a parachute. Tommy likes the robes. <clears throat> Anyways. It's like their kimonos or something. Okay. We're already free form style. As you can see, that's it's how... It's loose. That's how Tuesday works. Not like those robes. Speaking truth to power, Orla, as always. <laughs> Uh, the uh, the episode is no the episode of the film oh we're doing God. this week is Kubo and the Two Strings from 2016. It was chosen by Orla. It is directed by Travis Knight, produced by Travis Knight and Ariane Sudner. Screenplay by Mark Hames and Chris Butler. Story by Shannon Tyndall and Mark Hames, starring Charlize Theron, Art Parkinson. Ralph Fiennes, I prefer to call him Ralph because it's funny, but it's Ray Fiennes. Uh, Rooney Mara, George Takei. Takei. Uh, Takei, okay, George Takei and Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Uh, music by uh, Dario Marinelli, edited by Christopher Murray. Uh, synopsis says, young Kubo's peaceful existence comes crashing down when he accidentally summons a vengeful spirit from the past. Now on the run, Kubo joins forces with Monkey and Beetle to unlock a secret legacy. Armed with a magical instrument, Kubo must battle the Moon King and the other gods and monsters to save his family and solve the mystery of his fallen father, the greatest samurai warrior the world has ever known. Bom, bom, bom. And... As it is tradition, uh, Orla is putting her glasses so she can read her notes. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh-huh. um, uh, why did you choose this movie, Orla? Because it's awesome. Uh, you know, uh, I, well, I really like this movie, but um, <clears throat> the funny thing about... Um, this is obviously uh, Leica. Leica? Leica Studios? I think it's Leica, isn't it? Like how to pronounce the word. You're asking the wrong person. The dog that went to space? <laughs> yes. And also the Arcade Fire song. Um, yeah, like, the funny thing about the, that studio is that, um, like, I've liked all their previous films, uh, although I haven't seen the box rolls, but um, uh, I've liked them, but they've always kind of had, um, they're, all, they're a little, like, Tim Burton-esque or something, and even though I've, I've liked them, and they've all been, they've all, they're all, like, stunning and, like, you know, beautiful animation and, like, you know, nice little stories. They did Coraline as well, didn't they? Yeah, and... Um, Which I keep calling Coraline as well. <laughs> Nope. Um, <laughs> what's the other one as well? Um, there's another one that I've seen as well. And like you know, they're they're really beautifully made and stuff. But none of them has ever really kind of stuck with me. Say um, Paranorman, the other one. Yes, yes, I really like Paranorman as well. But um, this is obviously something a bit different. And I think this guy that uh, what's his name, uh, Travis Knight. I think this is his first. Uh, like he was part of the Leica Studios, but I think this is his first um, uh, like directorial debut or whatever. It has a different tone. Like this is obviously pitched. Uh, much closer to something like Miyazaki or um, like Japanese animation and uh, but with a very clear sort of western tilt to it and um, like I, I don't have a problem with that like I remember whenever it came out um, people having a problem with the sort of amount of like sort of cultural appropriation and the, also the fact that 
um all the the main characters are all white um like the voice actors and everything um well george takei is japanese yeah but that's he's much lower down the you know he's not one of the he's not like that he's not top billing um i myself didn't have a, a a massive problem with that um i like i would rather that like the way they handle it than having actors doing dodgy accents because that like doing bad uh, like foreign oh, accents because that is the most distracting and worst thing of all uh, time it's so, uh, the death of Stalin kind of approach just uh, use no, your that's, that's a different thing though that's, that's a very different because that's like straight biting comedy that's, that's yeah. different it's not like um, I'm trying to think of the most recent example of this where for like oh, even say Red Sparrow where Jennifer Lawrence has a Russian accent. Why? That's distracting. Um, I hear the uh, Jeremy Irons has a Russian accent for the first well, twenty yeah, minutes of the movie. And like, it just gets up. <laughs> like, have you ever seen a movie with <laughs> Jeremy Irons? That has not happened. What did we watch recently? Actually, where someone oh, had their finest. Oh no, no, yeah. no. We watched something. Mean you watched something recently where there was Jared a... Butler. Oh God, that was. That was her left not going. Yeah, it. it was. It was. And a sad, dark moment in her murdering. lives. Murdering. Murdering. Like crucifying the accent. It was just. He's Scottish. Like, Look, he's Welsh. He's Welsh. Oh my God, that's somehow even worse. Like, he's Welsh and he can't do an Irish accent. Like, but, anyways. Um, uh, but this film uh, popped back into my head. Um, uh, whenever Coco came out. Because obviously, Coco shared. I haven't seen Coco. Uh, I really want to see it. It's but, amazing. Um, it's really, it, really um, good. It you well it got like amazing reviews, but it shares a kind of a similar theme I think of um, um, of uh, people kind of living on through memories and then kind of like death and coming to terms with death and everything and like particularly that within a kind of a, a like a child setting. Um, but uh, one of the reasons I really responded to this movie, I think, um, uh, and it kind of brings me on to one of the like the really great things about this um, that in a way is almost strangely overlooked because they, you know they're they're one of those studios that like Miyazaki or like Pixar even where everyone goes oh yeah the animation is great of course and then just skips over that and I think that you need to like take a moment to appreciate the the animation but like quite early on in the film like um not even in like the opening which is obviously like beautiful or whatever but um I I think I said this to Eileen last night whenever we were watching it um the uh whenever I first saw this I remember like watching and the character of like the old woman who uh like in the town in the village really reminds me of my granny and like it was all in like the expression and the mannerisms and like the the, just the whole rendering of her character and i think it really kind of embodies the like the the great sort of combination of things that are going on in this movie so it's not just that it's visually interesting it's the combination of the sound and the voice acting and how tactile this is and like the soundtrack as well, like obviously it's um it's Marianelli, so it's going to be great, anyways. But I think all those things together, like the 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 sound design itself is absolutely brilliant. Like it that in in kind of combination with um with the with the visuals, um particularly in relation to the origami, and I love origami, anyways. I think it's a like it's a beautiful little touch, um particularly like on the theme of the storytelling and the stories and stories and that it's kind of almost like an animation within the animation because it's like he's creating these little characters within uh within the the story itself and um it's just so it's so beautiful and so like like the whole screen is rich but it's like orally it's rich as well and uh, i do think the voice acting is actually really really good in this and that it adds so much to it because you could imagine where you go, yeah, like this animation, Matthew McConaughey's on it. And you kind of go, oh, it's Matthew McConaughey. He's going to be doing his Southern drawl. All right, all right, all right, kind of thing. And it's like, he doesn't do that at all. Like you don't, I don't think you realize until he's kind of there for a while that it's actually Matthew McConaughey. And um, I think that uh, um, Charlize Theron is really good as well. Like it, they're, they're like all the main characters and um, even the side characters. Uh, it's all the things in, in combination that I think make this really work. Um, I think like the story is probably um, the weakest part of that, but like it's it's not a particularly challenging uh, narratively. Um, but it, that in a way that doesn't bother me. Like the, the the it hits its sort of beats within the story and like what I find an incredibly comforting way. Like I think that this movie is sort of like the perfect length and like the I really like the, the pacing is really great. So that and in combination with um what i think are some like really great characters um 
and like the theme and the emotion kind of carries you through the more kind of like standard moments of the plot um i think this movie would would never have worked if kubo wasn't likable uh and i think that that's a combination of the character and then also the voice acting as well and i think that he could have been like sort of precocious and irritating and he he's, he has a he has a real childlike innocence but also like a real warmth to him and you understand like the ingrained kindness from like the, his his parents and everything uh and also like the the villains in this are actually properly creepy which is something that animations and children's films don't always get and like there are moments of real peril in this um like see obviously there are moments of like real lightness and comedy and everything but like not just sadness but like proper peril where you really feel like the characters are actually in danger um and particularly like that fight scene between monkey and um one of the sisters like it's really brutal it's quite brutal for a children's movie and um even just like you know it's it's you kind of you feel the, the the pain of it and that's something you don't normally get in movies never mind animation um so yeah, I just, I really, really like this movie. I think there's just, there's real like warmth and, and lightness to it, um, but also like real darkness and themes that it's getting into. Um, and like, we can talk more about this and the theme of storytelling and everything. Also, it's just, it's really funny. Um, there's loads of really funny moments in this, not just from kind of like Matthew McConaughey as the com- comic relief or whatever. But um, yeah, I just needed something light, but not empty after the last couple of movies that we've done and after like all the horrendous weather we've had and the general darkness of the beginning of this year um i felt we needed something that was a little bit uh, a little bit brighter so uh, that's why i picked it and uh, on that note so Eileen, what did you think of kubo and the uh, two strings i really liked it but what i found kind of most interesting about it is that it's kind of for me it kind of felt like a movie about how a child would process sort of loss and death yeah and just how I find that really interesting obviously because I work with kids um that it's such an abstract concept death you know it's really hard to explain that to a child and one of the one of the ways that they make sense of things themselves is through storytelling you know that is that is something that can make sense to a kid that if you Mm. to put something so abstract into a structure that they can understand with like a beginning a middle and an end and characters that they can relate to and that I kind of felt like that's what Kubo was doing with his story Mm. that he was creating himself but he didn't quite know how to end them exactly because in the end he you know he is just still a kid and he still can't really wrap his head around the idea himself and Mm. the whole thing with um the old woman telling him about, you know, uh, the ceremony with the lanterns and everything mm. and about, you know, how that in a way is helping, you know, it's another little story to help him kind of process his own loss, like the loss of his father. And, you know, it, it opens up a way for him to to sort of deal with it, but also that it doesn't seem so final for yeah. him, you know, because yeah. that can be... You know, and I, f- I feel like that they, they touched on that in a lot of different ways in the movie. Like you were saying about, you know, there's a lot of moments that are really like hearted and there are a lot of moments that feel quite scary and dark, especially if you were a kid mm. watching that. And even like as a child, like I don't know what your first experience of death was, but, you know, I was quite young the first time a family member passed away and it it did seem like a really strange Mm. sort of an event where you know it was quite sad and somber but at the same time there were a lot of light-hearted moments mm. within that you know and there was still a lot of laughter and a lot of storytelling and I feel like that's a way that people process death and grief and loss and I just find that really interesting kind of done from a child's perspective in a movie mm. I, f- I thought that was pretty cool yeah, and the idea of like memory as well, and then living yeah, on in exactly, your memory. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're not really gone. That you know, they're always going to be in your heart. And yeah, it's a really interesting idea. I think that is quite well explored in this. Every time that somebody says memory, I just think of the Cats musical song. I was just whenever she said it there, oh, I literally what? wanted to burst into like song. Memory. Can I just say that like Cats is one of uh one of the VCRs that was like worn out in our house because we used to watch it on repeat. We could sing every. So- it was 
metal. Just no wonder it's such a weird like, human. I know very little about cats, so this is not like any sense to me. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It's Other incredible. Than all it's the incredible. references in many nineties TV shows. It's the only like truly great Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, musical. it's amazing. Like, it's, uh... I forgot that it's Andrew Lloyd Webber as well. Oh god. Um, Ricardo. Yes. What are your initial thoughts on Kubo and the Two Strings? Uh, initial thoughts. Okay. Uh, first of all, um, just uh, to the point that you were making, uh, Eileen, and that you were making, I just realized that the audience can't see me point. Uh, <laughs> You're only now getting yeah, that? Yeah, 67 <laughs> or 8 episodes in, uh, I realized that we're not in a visual medium. Uh, we should start live streaming, I think. Oh, uh, Jesus, no. Definitely you need to not. know how the sausage is made. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody wants to see the sausage. Like I, I kind of had a different experience with that. The, like a lot of people, because my grandmother, one of my grandmothers, uh, passed away before I was born. So all the stories about, mm. and you realize that, like people can die straight away because it's like, uh, there's like there's somebody missing there. Because yeah, you, I had you that as well, like actually. Couples kind of yeah. Thing. Mm. So, uh, and it's an interesting way that, like, it's, it was different for me than uh, another kid that wouldn't understand that until, like, somebody passes mm. away. The concept of that didn't even cross their mind, kind of thing. That's why maybe because why kids are so fearless when they're young because yeah, they the don't understand kind sense. of the 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 effect of like their actions and and uh, but coming back to film, uh, yeah, the animation is absolutely fantastic, and if you just see like the the making of whatever that they have uh, the actual stop motion but showing the people like without getting the the people being uh, uh, taking off screen, let's say because it's yeah. uh, stop motion with green screen in the background, you see like for like the there's a shot that is like 70 seconds long or something that is in youtube that is mm. them animating the the, the bottle on the boat oh and your God. man keeps changing like his clothes you see that like it's taking them like four or five days Jeez, just to do crazy. this kind of thing and it's a uh, it really shows the the level of care and dedication that it comes to like a stop motion animation like this one and uh what i was most surprised about it is like even coming from like having watched paranormal but also a lot of stop motion from wes anderson and yeah, uh, yeah. other people it's uh and also <laughs> from like nightmare on uh, nightmare before christmas you're gonna say nightmare on elm street right <laughs> yeah we have the same thing um <laughs> watch it on christmas as well um but the uh, this one is incredibly fluid that it is mm, uh, the two things working together it's yeah. it's crazy like the uh even the mo the the movement of just walking and usually you can tell that it's slightly imperfect but however they did it uh it creates a very realistic feeling to the movement but uh, at the same time not losing the artistry mm. of animation uh and also like what we've come to talk about before when touching upon animation that uh, the best animations are films that are animated for a reason that they use the advantage of having mm. the uh, a fictitious world that they're creating that they don't have to adhere to uh, the rules of temporal world to tell their story uh, this movie uses it to quite a good effect uh, and also the, the voice acting like you said is great Charlize Theron is surprisingly good I didn't expect her to be yeah, that, that good it because was actually surprising because I suppose you've just never really seen her do anything like this yeah. before so you kind of like, not to say that she's a bad actress no now, no uh, but uh, far from it but not the type of actor that uses like she usually uses her eyes and her mm. face more than her voice in a performance She's not like Morgan Freeman or even Clint Eastwood that is like... Mm, everything that, is in their the voice. voice. Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like in the... Uh, wasn't Kiefer Sutherland the, the lead in uh, Nomeo or Juliet? What? what? I think so. Oh my Going God. back to watch that. Um, but yeah, uh, Rooney Mara is kind of like... It could have been anybody playing the yeah. I mean, character. she doesn't have a, it's 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 kind of almost computerized. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. creepy. It's, yeah. Non- oh god, the creepy faceless. They're so creepy. Like, though. Porcelain dolls. <laughs> like so with her character, I found it distracting because I could see all the the actual characters that they were inspired by. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and even like uh, distractingly and weirdly, she has like the half 
the hat of Kung Lao from uh, Mortal Kombat, but she positions herself like Finish Raiden. him. Yes. <laughs> Big ballady. It is a bit Mortal Kombat, actually, the fact yeah. even that she has the chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like such a brutal weapon. Yeah, like it's a, and even the, the fighting style and everything, like you can yeah. tell the, it's a very video gamey in a way. Yeah. Uh, not to a huge detriment. Uh, Ray finds, though, he's doing like Voldemort light when he's doing oh, like, my God. the walking. So it's funny. like, uh, it works strangely well though I, it's, I don't no, know I thought I thought that he like slap walk through like, oh, it, yeah, it, <laughs> it, it felt like they took him like off the set of Harry Potter like two uh, two hours after he's spent like eight hours under makeup because like trying to say his lines before just falling roll asleep. me over yeah. <laughs> And Matthew McConaughey is the the his best performance. And like I think that is it's so like great. his best performance uh, since the the Renaissance has begun. The Renaissance. The uh, But and also it was good to see our Parkinson, who is the lesser Stark boy in Game of Thrones. Is he? Yeah, he's the the one that like. Uh, Rickon. Uh yeah. Is he? Yeah yeah. Is that, that is, yeah yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, I'm gonna pretend that I did, but I really didn't. <laughs> no, I did well, not. Ma- mainly because did Rickon even say anything in Game of Thrones? Uh, like, he says he... Uh, before getting killed by. Uh, Whoa! The, the guy. Spoilers. Oh come on! It's been fucking two years. Give me also, break. it's Rickon. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> of all the Stark children that could, I'm surprised you even remembered his name to me. Sorry, Rickon. I, I'm surprised that they didn't like kill him in the first season. Like, I know uh, like, they did enough to like Bran in the they, first they, season. They were just save him. Uh, but when it comes to the movie, I think it is severely flawed for okay. a myriad of reasons. And uh, I know, like, uh, I, I see their faces and they're not very impressed. <laughs> I said this tiny last night. I was like, I know it's great, but Ricardo won't be happy. No, uh, but that's the thing is that, like, I seen uh, the, I, I saw uh, Paranorman and I, like, hugely enjoyed it. And, uh, and also, like, I saw Coco, and I think that this movie tries to do what Coco does uh, and not achieve it, but I'm not going to judge it completely just mm. on on that basis. Uh, it's more the, like, it's one of the few films that I didn't watch alone. <gasps> uh, I watched it with my mom. <gasps> you didn't watch it alone either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you mentioned it a bunch of times that you've watched it with your family and stuff as well. And I was sitting there watching it with my mom, and like after the first like twenty minutes or something, uh, she went, "How long is this movie?" And I said, "An hour and forty minutes." And she goes, "Like she just nuts, kind of like so, oh, no, so really? much more to oh, go." And oh. in my head, I was like, I was thinking exactly the same before really? she asked. Like after uh, Monkey shows up, like after like they leave the village. And it's not it, 20 minutes in. Anyway. It is about 20 minutes in. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Like, because, like, I saw on the, the mark because I had to get up and move yeah. the, okay. the course on the screen. So it is about 20 minutes in. And uh, I do think that that's way too long for the, the, the first arc to develop. And I think as well that it's by far the, the weakest. Even when he's telling the stories or whatever, the, it, it, like, it even loses some narrative cohesion on the way the animation is going on. Like, he's telling the story. You see his mouth move, but then... It's not really a montage, but you also don't hear his voice and there's just the music in the background. And it felt kind of not as good as the rest of the movie, let's say. But also... I love that sequence. It has a lot of... Like, parts of it, like, the animation is great, but I thought mm. that it, it goes on for, like... You're talking about the part minutes. with the fire-breathing chicken? Well, like, when it gets to the fire-breathing like, chicken, it, it's pretty good. But... It chucks eggs at it um, from its... Yeah, nether regions. Look, I'm not saying that all that is all without any worth, but but narratively it goes for way too long, and also it does the the little J.J. Uh, Abrams mystery box storytelling. That is like we're just presenting mystery, and that's how why you you have to care, and not. But the 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 problem. That is one of the problems, and like the ending is another problem that I had. So like the middle, I really, really liked. Like from from the moment that monkey shows up to the mm. moment that monkey and beetle uh, bite the dust, let's say, mm. uh, like that part, no focus. Mm. But beginning ending, a lot of issues. I'll get back. I'll get to the ending as well. But uh, the the major major issue that I have with this movie, and it's something that it's not unique to. 
uh, this film and it's a very very hard thing to do uh, what you said of Miyazaki uh, that you mentioned Miyazaki but like anybody that works in fantasy and particularly fantasy that involves magic mm. is establishing the rules of the world so the it doesn't feel like narrative cheats as it goes along mm. that it's the difference between this and something like Harry Potter that you understand exactly what everybody's powers are what the magic is even though like they can pop out of nowhere but you know that there's a logic behind like somebody having suddenly more power less power or or where it comes from without having to explain like middle chlorians like fucking when lucas tried to explain the force in (laughs) episode one that is like oh it's little Uh, infinite tiny little and right there we've just proved that harry potter is so much better than star wars well, like, I'm not talking about the first hours. I'm talking about, like, fucking no, no. Phantom Menace. No, no. Uh, but, but that's the thing that. is that, like, there's such a fine point to go through that way. Like, something mm. like Lord of the Rings got it perfect. Uh, uh, like, in that <laughs> level. And never mind I was with you, you with the Harry Potter. No, like, never mind if you like the movies or not. Is that when you're watching them, you understand where, where the logic of the world exists. If, if you don't like the characters or the music or the, the world is a different story. Mm. Uh, and this has the problem that a lot of films do that uh, every time that something happens, it's like the screenwriter, it feels like the screenwriter goes, now he has this power. Now mm. this works. Now that works. And I think it's a very difficult thing to do in the movie especially like they already spent like a third of the of this movie just fucking giving exposition which is another problem that i have with the movie mm. that it takes positive there's not great like uh uh like like pixar does it a million times over that is like exposition that you don't notice mm. that is in the middle of a scene that something else is happening but they're telling you something else about the world that here's like let's sit down and now talk about Hanzo and now let's sit down and talk about what happened to you, how your grandfather tried to take your yeah. eye, etc. 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 Just then, on that point, that didn't bother me as much because it's so much placed like the whole thing is so centered around the idea of telling stories. That didn't bother me whenever it's like so much of that is his mother telling the story or monkey telling yeah. the story or whatever. That in particular, like the exposition didn't bother me. Yeah. Um, because it was such a like so like in like kind of like wrapped up in all the other elements of like the with like the origami and everything but I, I kind of see what you mean but it, it didn't bother a me a little Hanzo is a genius invention oh my god it's so uh, good but yeah and I, I found that the film is really funny and like the, the middle section is, is great it feels like an adventure uh, yeah that's adventure the, it's a, I love road movies that are done well like this as yeah. well like that middle section like from I mean even just that section in the inside the whale is so beautiful and so like stark and oh it's it's and like with the weird shell and like just everything about that scene is so perfect and like the strange monkey and what you know it's oh it's just fantastic okay so thinking about it just now this is the reason why I think that the beginning of the movie is not as good. Okay. Okay. It's because it doesn't have like just thinking about it. The structure of the movie is pre is the hero's journey. So it's not yeah. it's not that it <clears throat> stole it from Star Wars. Is that Star Wars? It's using the same thro- tropes yeah. as this movie is, but like a third of all movies. But if you compare the beginning of the first Star Wars versus the beginning of this movie, is that uh, you have the starship battle in the beginning, Darth Vader comes in, you have a lot of action, and then you go to the this world or whatever, so you already know the threats. You know, you already have the... Uh, you don't understand really what's going on, but you know that there is this evil empire and you have the princess. You already kind of know what the pieces are. So you mm. can move along with the character without going like just exposition because you're the then like in the movie they can focus more on the character and give the exposition and tidbits you know mm. while this because it starts with like a nice little scene that is very well designed or whatever but it doesn't give <laughs> a you a nice little scene yeah but it doesn't give you anything on the on the actual story like they could have. Like just started the, the the movie with her in the in the uh, in the beach without having shown the storm, 
you know yeah uh, and then like watching that i was like where's kevin costner to save her <laughs> there's a man <laughs> that lives beneath the waves just uh, wash your hands of an ashen culture nothing to do with you <laughs> hey no yeah i i kind of i understand what you mean like i i i don't know none of these things bothered me at all like I, I, like it, as i was watching yesterday i could like see the problems that were there but didn't care yeah. you know what i mean it's like it's just um there's just something about the like the the magic of it and the like i think like w- talking about sort of like the word building and the magic and everything um although i didn't have a problem with the, the exposition i do think that even though the villains are really like um frightening establishing exactly where they are in like another dimension or whatever is a bit vague yeah. You know, like it's only from m- the sky. Yeah, it's much later on. Whenever it's like, oh, in my dimension, it was like, what dimension? Where's your dimension? Like that. That bit felt much less um, explained. So then, like, whenever, like, I do think that, um, uh, like, the granddad is just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, he's he's like, oh, you know, he wants your eyes or whatever. But he, like, his motivations and his kind of like, like, where exactly is he coming from? Is never really explained. So that final scene. Uh, the only like what gives it its poignancy is the fact that like, in the end that the village take him in and they're all just kind of like oh you're a lovely man <laughs> ah, we're going to make you nice you know like but without that kind of payoff it's just a bit kind of like oh yeah, yeah. imagine if they did that to Donald Trump over here <laughs> so what we wipe his memory and then like just bring him to like <laughs> a small town in Sweden <laughs> and just unload him and go you love here now <laughs> yes I'm like uh, th- you're the- <laughs> They just feed him like fucking fermented fish until like he's happy. <laughs> just give him a bell so he can just run around just like shouting. <laughs> um, but like, uh, what do you think? Uh, like, do you disagree with what I'm saying about the beginning and, and I such? Mean, or? How do I put this? Like, I'm I'm kind of looking at it as if I'm a I'm trying to look at it as if it's a kid's movie and I'm a kid watching it. So when you're a kid, you don't you need exposition because mm. you can't you can't put two sometimes you can't put two and two together you know sometimes you need that reiteration and and i think that kubo kind of needs that cuz he is a mm. kid um as for you know not really knowing much about you know the dimension where the family comes from and you know the grandfather's a threat but why does he want the eyes and whatever when you're a kid a threat's a threat you don't need to know why Mm. you just you're told that it is and you take it at face value you don't need any more explanation except for this is bad this is scary you're afraid of it run away Mm. you know you you don't stop to ask why when you're a kid you just run you Mm. don't you don't need you feel the emotion if you feel fear you don't you don't stop to consider it or weigh it up or examine it, reflect on it. You just run. Yeah. And I think... Everything is very instinctual. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of think that a lot of... For me, that stuff about, you know, like... The fact that that's not really revealed or explained didn't really matter because if I was watching that as a child or indeed if, like, I showed that to the kids that I work with, they would feel... They wouldn't feel that anything was missing from it, you know. They mm. wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't turn around to me then and say, "Well, why did he want his eyes?" They wouldn't. They wouldn't ask that question. They take it at face value, and they would just be like, "That was scary and bad," but in the end, it turned good, and it wouldn't be until they were like a little bit older and able to, I suppose, step outside themselves and kind mm. of like think a bit more critically that they would actually be able to process. So I suppose us looking at it as adults, if it is supposed to be kind of a kid's movie, then... Mm. I think it's 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 the kind of thing that it's that in like the truly, truly great like Pixar movies and everything that are so emotionally intelligent where children completely get what is going on at every turn, but that there's just that... that other level that exists that's there that children understand but they don't realize they are whereas when adults look at it and sort of interrogate it that yeah that that's extra exactly kind of there yeah that's exactly it's not, what I mean. it's not as deep in this as it is it's in, like okay for example like whenever you're a kid right and you watch the simpsons yeah you're all watching the simpsons <laughs> all those jokes just straight over your head you know you just and, like bart and then uh, yeah you just like bart and you think oh bart did something funny haha that was funny and you're laughing and most of the time you don't even really know why but you're yeah. laughing anyway 
And then when you look at it as an adult, there's all this like hidden all meaning. They're alcoholics. And, hey, yeah, you know, like there's all this underlying like all the meaning and all this political and... stuff and all this, you know, all these references that you never yeah. got as a child. And I think that it's so rich that it just yeah, keeps exactly, getting, yeah. exactly. And I think that in a way, we're losing out a little bit on like what you could take away from this movie because we're not kids watching it. You know, yeah. I think. But at the same time, I think the. Uh, like just when I experience of uh, myself watching, but even like um, cousins of mine and stuff that like wouldn't be even back then. Uh, I've always consumed a, like a ridiculous amount of movies uh, because <laughs> I'm uh, shocked. Both my parents were like really into to film as well, and uh, I did watch like I never really just watched like kids movies. Like they show me like adult movies that I could watch. So mm. like I would have watched like Forrest Gump. The year that I came out, I watched like uh, Shawshank Redemption when I was like, like nineteen ninety six or something when I was like seven what? years old, and I really liked. It. I didn't know why uh, being yeah, raped see, in prison. Yeah, yeah like, but that's yeah. what I mean. Like you know, I I would have seen you know things like that. And, like in Shawshank Redemption, somebody you know he commits suicide. But like if I watched that Brooks as a kid, would have just totally gone over my head. Wouldn't have even observed no, like, it. I, just... I, I would have got it. I, I suppose because I had watched so many adult films, and like my parents would have like not not my parents. My mom would have. You were to, a smart child. The... It's okay. No, like uh, I had a, a mother that would watch, uh, made me watch the, not made me watch. Well, that's implying that I was movies. a thick gorda. I wasn't uh, a thick. And then uh, and then uh, yeah, I leave. Yeah, mm, yeah. Now you're working with Ricardo Jesus. Ricardo is just doing the chicken, chicken wings. <laughs> I don't understand why. Yeah. Don't imitate the food that you eat. <laughs> uh, I'm just turning into a uh, fire-breathing chicken. Uh, but my point being that um, I think that there's a reason why some movies, like kids might not ex- be able to explain or even know mm. why they really, really enjoy some movie that like you show th- this or another movie to a kid they'll be like oh i really enjoyed it because like you don't really understand that movies can be bad until you're like yeah. six or seven kind of thing they sit there enjoy bright colors whatever but it's not the movie that they would ask for i don't think i think it's the difference why lion king is so much more of a classic than the hunchback of notre dame yeah the hunchback of notre dame doesn't have the depth that uh Lion King or Beauty and the Beast has. But do you want to know why? You want to know why Hunchback of Notre Dame doesn't resonate as much as Lion King does? Because there isn't a character in it that the kids can relate to. Simba Mm. is a child. That is true, yeah. The kids. Well, then the. You can put yourself in his position as a child. Hunchback of Notre Dame doesn't really have that. Yeah, my. But Beauty and the Beast. Not a very good movie. But Beauty and the Beast, even as a boy, so I can't even say that I wanted to be a princess, let's say. Mm. Like uh, has like Beauty and the Beast will be a better comparison because uh, they both have gothic kind of approaches and yeah. based uh, on old kind of French fairy tales and, and such. That Beauty and the Beast because it has like not only better characters or whatever, but like what it's like they're, they're and, saying, and they're, feminism and they're saying the same story pretty much that is like don't judge a book by its cover that like even people that. Uh, are angry etc sometimes it's because of what has happened in their lives that they're yeah. not naturally uh, bad, bad etc so it, it, it's kind of the same but like uh, uh, Notre Dame is way more surface level than Beauty and the Beast and I think that kids even when I was growing up everybody wanted to watch uh, Beauty and the Beast again mm. and nobody was clamoring to watch uh, and you have like the Disney Prince it's like exactly the same things and we enjoyed watching uh the when they rented out uh, the uh hunchback of natural jam and we sat down with my cousin whatever we mm. enjoyed watching it i remember, like, no, I remember have, nothing about that film. yeah but we no, wouldn't either, sit down actually. ever going like as kids going like oh we want to watch the movie it would have been like jurassic park or something because mm. it had not only fucking dinosaurs pocahontas as there was like yeah pocahontas, oh, I love know, pocahontas like the even though it's hugely problematic well, now when i yeah. watch it as an adult and not as good as terence malik's the new world uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, ironically both with christian bale in different roles christian bale does the voice of uh, of the main guy in pocahontas in the 
in pop in the Disney animation. Uh, he's Josie? also yeah, Christian really? B- yeah, Christian Bale does the voice of uh, what's his or the Czechs? John whatever John. John Smith. That's Christian Bale. He's yeah. too young. That's Christian Bale. Or to yeah. check that, check that now. Look, look, check look. it. He's too young. What are you talking about? Uh, Lion King is 95 Irene yeah. Bader that's Pocahontas uh, Mel Gibson uh, as Captain John Smith sorry uh, Christian Bell as Thomas oh yeah the young guy not oh, Captain yeah, not Smith. Captain Smith ah but like my point is that both of them Mel Gibson <laughs> <laughs> it was sorry. the 90s it was a different so, time so there's more than one problematic thing in the <laughs> Oh Jesus! Is this just that, shattered Pocahontas. That, that, that movie, I like, I won't touch it. Like, I watched the <laughs> secret Pocahontas to the the shitty direct to video one. But, oh my god! Um, it, all that said, though, about um, all that said about racial appropriation, though, uh, Pocahontas, <laughs> I didn't have that problem with Cuba in the in the two strings that in the level that you did. Same time, it's like if you watch Miyazaki movies coming into Ireland, they're also like for fuck's sake Werner Herzog is in the wind rises no well I, like I didn't have a problem with it I'm just, like that's what I'm saying is that like it's something that a lot of people did have a problem with and I think it was around the time that Rooney Mara may possibly have been was she cast in something as like when Peter Pan was yeah, that yeah, her yeah the, uh, the she was um, she was Tiger Lily wasn't she yeah oh yeah, really yeah, yeah. oh that was I think it was around bad. the John Wright one yeah the it Joe Wright Joe one. Wright one yeah it was around yeah with, uh, what's oh, his name Joe was Wright it? no um, I think it was around the same time Gareth Hedlund. so there was a lot of like you know uh, yeah of course why the fuck can you not just hire non-white people and as well like the um, why would you do a Peter Pan movie after Hook and the yeah one? I mean Hook has its so animation the animation is great as well anyway um, what was anyways, what was sorry, the point all that, that we were trying to make? all that said um i'd like obviously we we're talking about some pretty heavyweight like disney movies and pixar movies and just like spielberg movies there but um i don't think that um uh, that this movie is like you know just incredibly surface level and that there's nothing below it but i don't think it is ever going to be up there in the pantheon of um even like some of the, the really great animation coming like say something like um inside out <laughs> say it's a job <laughs> Inside Out or something, which Narrated is just by like, Matt uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> not in this room. Boo! Uh, <laughs> He's so dead. Well, you haven't watched the the masterpiece that is Superbicon. What do you guys think actually on the the actual like la- last act of the movie? Let's say because I I found it problematic, but I don't want to. Well, Go into it you... before you guys uh, say what you think of the movie, uh, the ending. Did you think it was a cheat? I'd really like to know your thoughts on it, actually, Ricardo. <laughs> well, like uh, my issues began uh, already when uh, uh, it was shown that Monkey was his mother incarnated or her actually, magic or whatever. Actually, that kind of annoyed me as well because I wasn't like I wasn't really Team Monkey. I'll be honest. I wasn't really? really. Yeah, I don't know why. I just was about like, fuck off, monkey. No, I really liked the monkey, and it, I wasn't kinda, mad about the monkey. It kind of makes sense as well. Like the when, it, I, I I thought that it was a little bit too rich. That it was like both Beetle being the dad and Monkey being the mom. Yeah, I think Monkey yeah. works better. I think part of that is the reveal of of Beetle being yeah. the father as well. That it's kind of like I think it probably would have been better if they'd worked it out for themselves. And they play kind of as a joke as well. And I thought yeah. that it was a, a, yeah. A I think bit that a, Monkey a shouldn't have been the mom. I think it, mom. No, I, I think, I think that, neither that one should have been because in a way it's that she it, Monkey's already like part of mom because of the magic it doesn't yeah. have to be mom no but i think it makes sense that beetle is a dad because even whenever they were doing that whole thing with the lantern and the lantern didn't light up yeah. like his dad didn't come it was setting because it up not for dead, yeah. yeah it was setting it up for he's not dead you know oh yeah like uh, i i didn't have that much of a problem with him being the dad i thought that it was played as a joke that because mm. he goes like oh this way you don't remember anything yeah, sorry yeah. kind of thing uh, yeah i think oh, as well yeah, that we sort of moved away from hanzo as a character in the kind of like the five or ten minutes before yeah. that as well so he doesn't get more development before he's revealed as the father and it's you're kind of like eh. and i think it's also kind of like uh kind of cute that he still loves kubo as his own child even though he doesn't know that it's his own child kind mm. of thing but i think that would have been richer if Little Hanzo had like merged with Beetle for Because Little Hanzo is brilliant. For Hanzo to come back right before 
he perishes kind of that mm. like he re- regains his family like Actually, if you're that... gonna do that like exploit the tragedy of it mm. like make hands of real life like really regain his memories regain yeah the, no, the actually, love that he I had actually with really the like what you're saying there about mm. like little hands who can emerge in with him because i think that that would have been a really nice idea with like say you know there's the beetle the dad who's transformed or whatever but like little hanzo is that little piece of his dad that mm, that knows kubo no that kubo carries around with him in his heart yeah. you know yeah. and like for that for him to you know for that to merge it should have been like even the nice kind of thing that if uh hanzo returns kind of thing and at the end little hanzo is still going kind mm. of thing that like uh they're able with his magic to like keep that part of like the soul away kind of thing yeah or or i don't know but like if you were gonna kill him there as well like just big it up on the tragedy there mm. as well like don't don't shy away from it yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it is a kid's film like, no, no but, but you like, see yeah. don't 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 just because it's a, a kid's film like yeah, kids can true. handle the, brutality and to be honest every, i have never gotten over the fact that they killed mufasa no what like did you just called him mufasa <laughs> If they like kids, Mufasa kids can Mufasa handle Mufasa? it. Kids are like you know they're more resilient than That's people true. give them credit for. And shit, I watched like fucking what uh, uh, Land Before Time as well. Like, oh uh, shit, that kills. I'm sorry, so... Watership Down. Yeah. Anyone? <laughs> like, but um, it's like three o'clock in that, like, If if this movie is really kind of exploring death through a child's eyes, you know you can't shy away from it. Mm. You know, death is death. It's fucking shit, and it's dark, and it's horrible, and it doesn't matter how young you are how much your you know people around you try to shelter you from that it's you know it's gonna it finds everyone in the end so mm. yeah no, don't shy away from the brutality of it and i'm not right. saying about I'm just milking. trying to protect their innocence guys and then i'm not saying to to like uh to to milk it either mm. be just that like when you kill hanzo that you realize like you just regain his memory so it makes it sadder that he's a finally after all these years whole mm. and he's literally with his family but then it becomes like a sad happier yeah, ending as well because i see what you're saying there because it's there. like it's like we lost beetle we didn't lose hanzo, dad yeah. you know because mm, yeah. he didn't have enough time or, yeah. or like of or images of of what hanzo actually was yeah. yeah it's kind of it's all a story but no there's no real visual to it the the other thing that i had the issue with the ending is like Ray finds fucking sleepwalking through his performance, okay? <laughs> Which is quite impressive because I never see him do it in another movie. Like, um, I don't think he's quite as bad as you think he is. I think you need to rewatch that because it, it, it doesn't seem like he's just like, phoning it in. Like, And then the, he turns into the monsters at the end of like the fucking first Avengers movie, the, the <laughs> flying dragon, but like with the same scales. Or whatever. Okay, fair enough that it's probably taken from the same inspiration, but like... Yeah. It, like just change it okay fair enough it could be that like fucking stop motion animation they fucking play that scene like five years before they start shooting the avengers but, probably but like anyways when watching the avengers that monster wasn't an original then either yeah kind of thing and i no, thought like everything was... in this is, is taken from like various sources and like yeah. some very old some more it's recent. a big mishmash of yeah. all kind of different cultures but I think that it's kind of anticlimactic as well. Like the for one, I never like movies that uh, use their title to, to tell you something about how the movie is gonna end. It just pisses me off. <laughs> like you know, like it's not like fucking uh, like uh, the postman. Yeah, but no, that happens without half an hour. It's kind of like if fucking uh, Indiana Jones and the and then and the. Holy the Grail. No, the, the, uh, what i don't know i just no, like, the first indiana jones movie that came to my yeah, head right there's like, <laughs> no, it's the last crusade though whatever like i haven't watched that movie since i was like six so. it's like if instead of raiders of the last <laughs> indiana jones and uh raiders of the last ark i mean it's not even indiana jones that one it's just raiders of the last ark mm. if the ending, if it called like, oh, Raiders of the Last Ark, uh, you might die if you look at it or, or something. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. It's not quite that bad. No, it's not I. that bad, but you're just waiting for like, okay, he has three strings in his guitar. Now he has one. Okay, I'm waiting for the, the two strings to show up. And then like for two seconds, I have two strings because he uses his mother's hair, his father's thing, watch. and then his own. Yeah, it's string watch. <laughs> on CNN, like a fucking wolf oh. blitzer over there. <laughs> 
like in the city corner in Boston. <laughs> like that kind of annoyment, but beyond the point is that like it came back to like not understanding what is the level of his powers of like, suddenly mm. he can travel from one place of the world to another and yeah. then like all the quest of the armor becomes like not relevant and it's like it could have been like if the armor kind of collapsed on itself mm. that is yeah. like that the idea of something like be especially with the names of it, it it's just Wait, set up for indestructible what, what happened to the armor didn't he, he take it off? it off yeah but i think yeah okay there's there's well, in a the point end, in there in the but end, i can't think of it right in now. the end he didn't need it because yeah but he's taking he had it, the, the power yeah stuff. but he's taking it off before coming to like real power like the monster becomes yeah, bigger and Ricardo, it seems less powerful the day, than uh, it doesn't the matter sister. how much armor you have on you nothing's gonna save you from death it's coming for us all oh yeah like uh there is nothing but fear, fear. desperation <laughs> and murder um, i can't so, bear it orla i can't so bear it I can't that bear. Really god damn it i was just trying to get us away from the holocaust and children dying in buses but here we are well like <laughs> but you picked the most melancholic but okay, like i know to I, its i like, don't have cred- any genuine happy movies in the, in the- to, to its credit though like uh, i i do think that it, it's a uh, uh, uh it, it is committed to its tone that it's never kind of like it's a world where happiness until the very end doesn't really exist because of the moon king or whatever mm. but it's that kind of movie that i we come back to that i just feel disappointed because it could have been better like and i and i think that it's just be that kind of movie is uh it's kind of fundamental errors i think mm. that it makes you because they're so obvious that like not that you go searching for them that um like i wasn't sitting there looking for it like it's mm. literally slapping me across the face going like oh now he can like fucking go like that with his Daddy. string and that the guitar breaks and you, like you don't know where the li- is he getting his power from the guitar or from himself from his heart yeah, but why does he need then the guitar again? Like, you know, fair it's enough like that vessel. he's, like, uh, joining the three kind of thing. Yeah, but then, like, his mother's not using any instrument. Well, to like, do Harry Potter her can't do magic music. without his wand, so, yeah. She didn't use the... the no, she uses the first to do the thing, but when she uh, makes the, the, the wings rise up from from his back, and... Um, and then also because she I don't just know does everything have stuff. to be explained no I don't think that everything has to be explained I, no, like I'm I said I know, the, I, the I, force I, the, I don't yeah. need everything explained I need everything to have a certain logic to it so it doesn't yeah. feel like you're cheating no I do I do agree with you and like at the end um, I don't think it. this didn't bother me quite as much as like the end of um, Song of the Sea where it sort of started tripping over all the mythology and all the it started throwing yeah, in too many messy too many end, characters and like oh there's there's like giants and all this stuff and like I don't think this does it quite as 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 like it's not as kind of messy as as that movie is but at the same time I do kind of agree with you that it it could like it I though I really love this movie it could be it could be better and yeah. we can really quite you can see like what could have made it like really really great. Um, uh, what's your favorite thing about this uh, moving picture? Um, the animation. I thought it was really pretty. It was so nice to look at. And there were a lot of times when I was watching it that I completely forgot that it was a stop motion because mm. it was so fluid. And yeah, it was really, it was really beautiful. It was really well done, I think. Mm. Yeah, and like it's probably, probably animation for me as well. Like there's one or two shots in this that... Um, are just I mean like the the scene with inside the whale is just fantastic. Um, yeah. nice callback to Pinocchio as well. Yes, <gasps> I love Pinocchio. Good oh my god, actually. I love Pinocchio. God, I haven't seen that. Oh, that's a creepy movie. Um, yeah, the 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 so the scene inside the whale and then um obviously the leaf boat is I mean oh it's so beautiful coming together and like you see the leaves going and so you kind of know what's gonna yeah. happen and then it shows you and you're like oh my god it's better than I could ever have imagined it's and like it's a Monet so, painting oh but it's so just, nice and like the combination then between that and the characters and like the oh it's just like I want to you want to reach out and touch monkey you know what I mean it's it's got that mm, not a that, monkey fan that <laughs> remember that my sense of smell is ten times as good as yours. Everything in your smells. I love monkey. How do you not love monkey? Um, but there's another shot as well. Um, as a child, was there an overprotective figure in your family? Is that why? Like, 
You're just full of resentment. No, I just, I don't know. I just didn't really take to the monkey. That's okay. Um, also, there's there's one shot in trigger that's just absolutely fantastic. Um, I think it's the first time the Kubo goes down and they're setting off the lanterns. And yeah. it's just the lanterns going along the um, the lake. And it's just absolutely phenomenal. And like the way they deal with um, night as well. Is, yeah, that the, yeah, yeah. So nice. the candles inside the boxes yeah. get, uh, uh, flicker and then yeah. disappear. And even before uh, the, the twins show up, uh, you go... Oh oh, oh oh! Come play with us, Kubo. Oh uh, Jesus! Yeah, oh, like so fucking. So creepy. Ricardo, what was your favorite thing? Uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, like, <laughs> it was uh, pretty great. Uh, like just the mahogany like, no longer. The 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 bit when the, uh, he can't get up. I was like, oh you my know, god, that, that was is, hilarious! That is actually, just so simple. It's like, <laughs> do the, I even have any? The most you like use fucking comedy <laughs> shop. Like every single fucking cartoon with a turtle. Every single one since the 30s yeah. has done that. And this film still made me laugh at that so fucking trope. Like, uh, it's his little arms. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, even how he throw like, the animation of his, like, throwing the arrows or whatever, yeah. that is, like, the four arms at the same time. And it makes no sense, but it makes sense kind of thing. And, it's, and that's the first time I've ever done that. Um, yeah. So, uh, least favorite things? Monkey. Really? No. Yes or no? Wait, wait, wait. Oh, monkey? Monkey? No, I mean, like, mo- no, monkey wasn't my least favorite thing. What was my least favorite thing? Come back to me. Let me think about it. Probably the Granda, because he was just a bit like, yeah. yeah. And like, it could have, you know, he could have been a really, like, you know, like, finally the wizard, you know, and you like yeah. pull back the curtains. But um, yeah, he just, it felt really underused and it kind of was a bit disappointing. It's such a shitty reveal as well that it is like, oh yeah, the old man that I saw in my dreams. Oh my God. Is the, <laughs> like, if he had been in the beginning of the, the movie or like, if he was the, the husband of the old lady or something, you know, that like she's telling him the story about what they see or something. So if you're going to do a reveal, yeah. like, make it not like a worthless one like you know what i mean it's like it's like when the people go like when you haven't seen the tv show and they somebody tries to ruin it for you they go do you know that who killed this guy it was this other guy and you're like i don't give a shit i haven't seen the tv show like, you know, <laughs> you're just saying names to me <laughs> it's already gone uh ricardo what was your least favorite thing uh i think the all of it no, like, I, I don't think that it, like, even though I have my issues with the beginning and the pacing and such, like, uh, in the end, because it does serve to set up the, the, the story and the adventure itself, mm. I think that it could have been done much better or much shorter, one or the other. But it's not, I think it's the, how they kill off the, uh, the, the mother and the father in the ending as well. I think that, uh, it kind of fumbles with its themes a bit in the end mm. because of ex- execution that you never lose what the movie is trying to tell you but the movie has to tell you because it fumbles the execution yeah. that, uh, that if it was done slightly better I think that just showing would have been enough and not having to tell us what, what mm. the crack is let's say and uh, we're back to you Eileen I suppose probably either the fact that you didn't kind of get enough time re- realizing that Beetle was Google's mm, yeah, dad, yeah. so that didn't like have as much weight as it could have whenever he died, or the just the bit with the granddad at the end, like kind of forgetting everything and then being like, "Oh, you're a good guy now." Like that just kind of felt a bit like you know, just yeah. let him let him be an asshole and let Kubo kill him. It's no big deal. Like you know, just fucking let him die. And on that note, uh. <laughs> Next week's movie is uh, my pick. Ricardo's, Ricardo's pick. What do you What are you picking, Ricardo? Paul Verhoeven's uh, 2015 or 16 uh, rape comedy L. <gasps> oh, we've we've we've, we've taken a, a sharp turn here. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Okay, cool. Um, where can they find us, Ricardo? They can find us on uh, the Dolan Digital Radio Mixcloud. They can also find us on. Shaking it up. The recommendation game at gmail.com, uh, the recommendation game on Facebook, and at the rec game on Twitter. Uh, since last time you threw, threw me a load of shade when I asked you if you wanted to fucking uh, 
plug anything in this show. Ricardo, so. do you have any idea how hungover I was? Like, no. <laughs> if I remember, I watched the postman with you guys sitting there. Kind I don't of, even remember. Like, I don't remember the postman. I don't remember talking about the look, postman. It, it's all a blur. Look, it's a high point in the podcast. And that episode, if the room had been slightly darker and dampener, damper, we would have been covered in mushrooms. <laughs> like we were so hungover. <laughs> Mushrooms you don't know. What? <laughs> you don't know the spores that you ingest every time you walk <laughs> into this flat. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you, Aileen, for uh, this impromptu. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, like yeah. it's a uh, good adventure. I was Ricardo Deacon. <laughs> I was Harlem McInnes. I am Aileen Gill. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye.